Hello guys, welcome to episode 2 of What The Fuck Is Going On. My name is Segi Lala, and now the lovely ladies of What The Fuck Is Going On are going to introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Abigail, you heard from me two weeks ago, and I'm still here, and I'm still doing it for the culture. Hi, I'm Samantha Allen, and yes, I'm still sick and tired of being politically correct. Hey everyone, it's Alessia with everything sports and music related. And to Charlene, your racial and cultural justice warrior. Yes! <laughs> and on that note, yes, our topic for today is the black travel experience. This is something a lot of people don't talk about or don't share enough mm. about. And we're here to just shed some light and share our stories. Um, so wherever you travel to, if you guys notice that, you know, you go somewhere, people look at you a little bit harder. Like the whole situation is a bit more tense. Like when you go on holidays, like... Have you guys experienced just, just let's say how uncomfortable it is to go to, you know, places that are not London and maybe they've not seen a lot of black people. So mm. that's what we're going to be talking about today. So actually, in terms of traveling in Europe, I actually have a fact for you here. So um, Europe's Union Agency for Fundamental Rights, FRA, shout out to them, said in a report in November, November 28 that they found widespread and entrenched prejudice and exclusion against people of African descent across the UK and the EU. So they say this is a problem. So in the EU, people of African descent are more likely to face racial prejudice so in terms of traveling so if you go to places like i don't know italy spain turkey this is places that i've been that i felt uncomfortable and um the places where's the last place oh yeah the last place i went to recently was actually turkey and what i found that made me quite uncomfortable was a lot of especially from the men i was hyper sexualized so i went to places mm. like so i went to a place where Cappadocia where there's I don't know in Turkey where I don't know maybe they've not seen a lot of black people but I noticed that a lot of the men when they saw me they saw me as a sex object you know whistle all that kind of stuff you know one went as far to hug me and tell me that my tits look nice okay. and yeah so they it's do just, though yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> but it's just about i don't know you for you to be giving me that sort of feedback you get what i mean yeah. so it's just even just walking down the street there's a lot of stairs and i know some people are just curious like oh yeah she's black or whatever but also it was quite comfortable for me and I you know my friends luckily the people I went, went with were able to defend me in situations like that especially when that man did that my friends were like oh my god what is he doing you get what I mean but it's just one example of my experience traveling and why I say to myself that I will never ever travel alone the thing is the reason why I feel like this topic is really important is the fact that if you go on google and you just type in like traveling while black the amount of articles show that that is a problem. Like, why does that require research? Nobody ever writes article about, you know, I, I can't explain what I mean. But I just feel like the fact that there's so much articles about the fact that traveling whilst being a black person or a person of color is a, is a big deal that needs, you know, research and it needs, we need to Google things before mm, we go. Before it's we leave. Absolutely wild. I mean, I, I didn't like, I traveled quite a bit before by myself. Um, but then when I went to China was the first time I actually realized what traveling by black meant Because like the first time I came in the U like in China first thing I get searched automatically mm. not question asked I got searched three times in the airport. Oh dear. Three mm. times just to leave to actually go to in Beijing. Yeah, and it's Beijing. Yeah, 
And then as soon as we got to the train station, I was just trying to find direction like a mother just picks up her child, put it in front of me and just start taking pictures. Oh. <gasps> like, I, and, and I, guys, you can't see me, but I am mixed race, so I'm not even like, like, it's like black, <laughs> black. And just someone taught that I'm it sorry, was a brilliant idea to pick up a child and just simply drop it, like, like you were, like, like you were the prop. Yeah, and that was like, so there was a picture of me looking real crazy in China of a mother who just walked like just catch up. But at least they weren't afraid, which I like. The <laughs> same thing happened to me when I went to Corfu. I was on a boat with my friend and this woman, she just came up to us and she kept tapping my friend, tapping my friend and my friend was like, what's going on? And she was asking my friend to ask me if I could take a picture with her. <laughs> I don't know you miss, we're in a boat in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. I'm in my swimsuit, my hair is wet, my makeup is all, and she's like, I'm, and I was just like shocked. She was like, please, I want to take, I've never, you know, I've never taken a picture with a black person. I want to take a picture, I want to take a picture. And it was just really uncomfortable. And then again, my friend stepped in like what the fuck? and I was like excuse me miss like stop like I'm not gonna do that but I do get you what do you mean no but I think in situations like this there's a difference between racism and ignorance and people not being exposed to black people like I remember um, a few years ago I went on a mission trip to Thailand and it was in a remote village like a remote village in Thailand they mm. definitely haven't seen black people they don't have TVs or anything so when we got there me and like my black friends were like the Everybody wanted to see us, like one of the guys called Julian, somebody actually wanted to marry him. At the time he was only 15, but the lady was like, can I make him my husband? Like, they're just so fascinated. So I think in certain aspects, it's fascination, ignorance, as opposed to them wanting to cause offense. Like her wanting to take a picture, it wasn't to cause offense, but to her, she had never seen anybody who looks like you. And it's shocking, I'm sure when white people go to villages in Africa, they get the same treatment. People are just mm. like, oh my gosh, it's a white person they've never seen. So I think mm. not mm. all the time are people trying to cause offense. It's not just true. maybe I've never seen someone like you and I don't know how to approach you. Obviously, taking pictures of you is not the right way, but I don't think they're doing it with you know ill, in, Ill intent. Right, and then for me, in my case, China is the only place where I've, I've, I've noticed this, where people just randomly will come up to me and just take pictures. Or because I had blonde hair that, like, that day. Or that would, um, and they would just literally touch it and I would feel people just stuck in my hair. Oh, but then dear. once, I, yeah, it's, and then... And then I have really thin hair, so I'm like, my hair was coming out that week. Um, I just felt like, it's understandable. Like, I feel what you feel. Like, it's it's China, and I went to Dalian, so it's then, like, one of the closest cities to South um, South Korea, mm -hmm. to then eventually go to North Korea. So it is a remote place. Mm -hmm. So it's understandable, even if not excusable, in a way. Because mm -hmm. even, yeah, I mean, China does restrict um, access on the internet. But yeah. still, like, come on, you, you do know what black people are. But it's fascinating, but it's, yeah, well, I feel like they should at least because mm. they have all the means that they can find this information. So in a certain way, are you going to excuse ignorance because you don't want to search and want to know or do you, because you have the means? So it's no, but me seeing line. you on, on, on YouTube, like seeing Beyonce, you know, dancing on YouTube and then finally seeing a black person in real life, I'm going to be intrigued. It's like aliens. We all see aliens in a movie, but if an alien popped up in front of you, would you not be like, okay, right. like... That's Girl, are you trying to compare me to an alien? No, but I'm saying. But I'm saying when you see something that's not your norm, guys, you yeah. have to understand. We live in in the West where you have access. We live in London, for goodness' sake. London is one of the most mm. multicultural cities in the world. We're mm. privileged to be able to sit on the tube with people from all over the world. But there's some people who are not exposed to that. So yeah. I don't think it's always out of ill intent when I want to take a picture of you. It's more like I'm fascinated. I'm curious. It's wrong. It's a bit weird. Mm. Yeah. But you know, it's coming from a good place. I think. 
I went to Spain a few weeks ago now and actually returning to London was the most um, eye-opening experience I've ever had because whilst in Spain, now bear in mind Spain is like two hours away from us, I'd like to think Spain generally is quite a multicultural country. Mm, mm. Um, it's got a very dark colonial past as well. Mm -hmm. So in terms of pleading ignorance of seeing black people, you can't because you colonized, oppressed us for a very long time. Mm -hmm. But I went to a place and I can't pronounce it called Fertaventura. I probably completely damaged, destroyed, killed that name. But I went <laughs> to um, a four star hotel and I was the only black person at that hotel. And you know when you're not sort of aware of that until people make you aware of the fact that your presence is quite shocking for them. So mm. for some reason, that area has got a very large German presence. And I know for a fact Germany is multicultural. Oh, I didn't see no colored people now. But I, you know, I'd, I'd have days where I'd walk through the canteen when we were getting breakfast and have people literally turn around and watch me walk or when I was getting food have people literally looking at me staring at me as I was getting food and my other half happens to be white and one day he turns to me and he says have you noticed how people look at you when you walk around here and I was like yeah I'm, but I'm used to it. I've been to other countries I've been to Italy where that's the case and he was like it makes me feel uncomfortable so I don't know how it makes you mm. feel mm. but that's that sort of sums up our experience I feel like in countries that aren't say the UK or the US yeah we're constantly the other and we're constantly made to feel like the other whether it's yeah. ignorant or purposeful it still makes traveling quite a jarring experience you know what I mean yeah. it's very difficult definitely like I just want to point out like even in the EU where you expect that they know about black people like you go to some parts of the EU and you're just like oh my god like you could see that they're shocked that you're there and it's I don't even know like it's so uncomfortable I don't if you're not black I don't I don't think I can describe the feeling of just having all eyes on you. And you know they're having their eyes on you, not because it's like anything positive. It's just such an uncomfortable feeling to be walking down the street and notice people are turning around, people are whispering. It's like, I'm not Beyonce, I'm nobody. I to kind of shift it a bit because obviously there's a difference between like awkward um, stares and take people taking pictures of you. And then there's also being treated terribly. So I feel mm. like our listeners should also, you know, focus on things like that. So I'll give you an example. When I went to Malta with my family um, last year for like a family holiday, uh, it was all good and well. Malta is so beautiful, a lovely, lovely place to be. We went to a restaurant to eat and um, they saw us, a big back family, and they said, no, actually we have no room. Now the restaurant was completely empty and they just wouldn't let us eat there. The weirdest experience ever. This was the first time we had like actually physically seen what it's like to be told no, you can't eat here with no excuse, no reasoning. No, there was just no um, uh, solid reason as to why Fuck we weren't allowed them. to they're eat. Like, they're losing money. So but then, as them. as we were there, like they, we like went around the corner to look for another bar, and we saw a group of white people go to that exact. Uh, restaurant and they were seated so we went back obviously you know my family we're not we're not quiet so instead of us to like leave it we went back to confront them and they lied to us and said that these people had booked in advance and that's the only reason why they sat them down 
we didn't leave it there. We now went to go and speak to those people and they said, no, we did not book in advance. So I just thought, wow, this was just to confirm mm. that, you know, we're not being crazy. We're not, you know, just assuming that we, they didn't want us to sit there because we were black. You know, it's not good to assume. So it's that kind of treatment that, um, but yeah. But I don't think that has anything to do with travel. I think now we're talking about race and class. I feel like when you go to certain areas, this can, ha- this can happen to you in London. I've been to clubs, I've been to bars and restaurants in Kensington. I've been to the Ritz. And there's a certain way that upper class people will look at you like you don't deserve to be here. You don't even have to leave the country to get that treatment. You could walk to an expensive restaurant in London and they will just look at you funny because you're yeah, an ethnic look- minority. Yeah, but then that's still to do with race and I'm just taking that no, to a different course. country. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, it's that's something because What are we meant to do? Just search what the racial status or the racial exactly. acceptance is in each country. Exactly, that's why... Like, that's, that's just... Other people, white people don't have to do that. So exactly. Why do we have to subscribe to the fact that we need to make a research if we are happy or accepted in that place? And it's just... I had like a lot of research with it because every time that I was looking online I kept like sliding into rabbit holes and I saw that according to Time magazine African Americans specifically but black travelers spend close to 50 billion dollars on, on travel every single year black travel influencers have been doing an incredible job I feel like it's one thing complaining but I feel like I love people who see a problem and they say okay they're not advertising so I'm gonna make it my job as a black traveler to promote travel and make travel accessible to people people such as tribe um tribe noir and nomadness travel tri- yeah. travel tribe those are there are so many are people on instagram i went to bali because i saw my favorite you know bloggers there and they were black i feel like yes big companies are not doing advertising but i feel like as a community if we see a problem it's our responsibility to fix it so if you're not seeing advertising you go to bali take keep pics and inspire your friends take your family there go with your friends i I get what you say, Sam, but it's still very much unfair that for us to go on holiday, I have to go on Google and be like, are black people, is it okay for black people to be here? Is it okay? It's still, it's still quite sad that I have to do that. There was, there was, um, there was something during the Jim Crow times called the Green Book. It's a bit of history, sorry, it might be boring. So this Green Book that they had during Jim Crow times would tell you places that black people are able to go in America. So places that there were no, like, no racial you know problems or anything i feel like we kind of need that book now like not for no just for the world just for us as a black person just for the world places that you can go that you know that i will not be you know there's difference between looking at you funny there are people who have traveled to places there's a story of a lady who went to sweden and she got beat up do you understand there are pe- places people people have, but some people have gone to sweden and have not been touched you can't you can't use somebody's tragic story and say this is what happened to all black people because a lot of black people live in Sweden and they've never had a racial experience like that. No, they, you know, have. they have. They have. You can, go, sure. you, can, you can go to corners of London at night, be a black woman, man, whatever, and be attacked and be beaten up. It just depends where you are. I think having something similar to a green book, I think in a, in a way promotes fear. And we're isolating ourselves. And we're isolating ourselves. I definitely mm. feel like as, as a community, we have to accept that we are seen as an underclass because of the colour of our skin and mm-hmm. the class that we're associated mm. with. Therefore, doing things that are more luxurious, like travelling, is unexpected from other people, and therefore people look at us a, uh, you know, a different way. When I was in Spain, the reason why they were probably looking at me like that was because there was only one other person in that hotel, actually, and she happened to be part of the staff cleaning and cooking. So when you see black people doing things that are usually attributed to a privileged class, it's weird, it's drawn for them. I don't think that should stop us from 
part of our travel. Need to acknowledge the fact that do black people when black people travel, majority of the time unfortunately, or at least a 50-50 for sure, they they do get they experience something different. But I also think we yeah. have to look at cultures in different places. Yep, for example, true, yeah. there is a massive prostitution issue. I was putting in... my hand up to <laughs> say that I was like guys, yeah, I went to Ibiza when I was 16 and I will never forget everyone thought I was a prostitute because all my aunties, not my real aunties, please. I don't have any aunties that are prostitutes. <laughs> but all the, all the black aunties are prostitutes yes, there. Yes. So when a black person comes that's not a prostitute, best believe they're going to think you're a prostitute exactly. because you're associated Completely. with that. And that is so sad. On the coasts in places like Italy, yeah. most of the black people are on the beaches selling things. They're yeah. poor, they're Senegalese, they've come from other places and they're selling things. So when they see a black person, a person with any dark complexion, they'll think you're associated with poverty in some that you don't deserve yeah so to be when there. they saw Charlene in an amazing hotel they kind of said hold on this is not my norm yeah and we all but still doesn't give you a right to stare it doesn't just not Charlene, like we can't no, just say can't. oh because they think all oh, black people were poor and I'm not poor and I went so okay, that's no, right. so no. My, my thing is Lola what do you want to do about it it's nothing I can do about it. It's not me I'm staring at myself. It's nothing I can do about it. But also, when traveling, I have to search if I'm accepted, if I should care, or I should not be offended. It's the same thing that the lady from the New York Times wrote. She's a brilliant journalist. And she made a point where when she went on a trip to, um, to Tuscany for a year with NYU, she experienced so much racism that she didn't expect to a country which is in Europe and she wish she was warned but then again do you need to be warned for racism or do you need engine to search for it or do you is it a country as well that needs to realize that for christ's sake not every black person is poor and cannot come I think, exactly I, as if we cannot afford I think, it no i think that every time i return to london from somewhere else i think we are very privileged in our thoughts because indeed. in london indeed what is racism please we i mean you might experience Okay. Microaggression, yes, but no one, unless they're crazy or incredibly brave, will turn to you in the middle of Oxford Street and call you in the N word, for mm, example. Yes. Yeah. But in other countries, they are not as progressive racially, yeah. culturally, um, sexually. There are, mm. there are certain there are certain systems that are still in place in certain countries, and we actually, it's us being ignorant. By not accepting that. No, no, <laughs> no. Let me tell you why. This whole discussion of like, oh, they've seen black people only come as prostitutes, and when we come, that's why they look at us somehow. I don't know why prostitutes. Can I? Ask? I don't know white poor people. I don't. Why is it that it's only the black people that they are focusing on? Why? I don't get it. Oh, they don't see us. Oh, they, oh they've no, only no, seen poor to, people. You've been to Ibiza. Did you see any white prostitutes there? Tell the truth. If I've been to Ibiza, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, why you, see, did you see any white I, prostitutes? Honestly, to be honest, I didn't see any black prostitutes either. <laughs> I, was, I don't know. Hey, you what? I was in Ibiza for two weeks. It's a long fucking time to be in one country. I but know, but I think it's just shows black prejudice. It shows prejudice in your own head if you can believe that a certain class of people can only be one thing. How are you? I would never go just because I saw fucking Asian prostitutes. Probably they're not. I would think, oh, oh all Asian people that come to this country must be. Pro it's but, stupid. No, but, no one should think, think like is. that. No, but prejudice does exist. I think that's the one thing that we racism and prejudice hasn't stopped just because no. we're in 2019 don't think the whole world has no but it's on. not even it's just about basic thought it's not it's just basic like, thought to it's you basic thought. no 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 no, 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 no yeah how is that you're, you're, you're exercising your 
emphasizing cultural privilege. Yeah, but no, just I that's to me. That's that. I don't think I mean, so. Why do you think you, people are only one thing? Just because you've seen black prostitutes, you think every black person you come against yeah, will be a prostitute. Have, if you go to a country where that has not met a lot of black people, why do you automatically, when you see a black person, think that you're, you should be afraid of them or they it's, are not? Exactly. 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 But you haven't been in contact with black people. people exactly. Yeah, but they've seen yeah, them on yeah, YouTube. YouTube. They've seen you them on. Yeah. You know the narrative that the media. There are experiments that um, could be conducted. For example, if you are a five-year-old and all you see is negative content on your screen about, say, Muslims, for example, if you have grown up in the past ten years and you mm -hmm. watch the news, you might be fearful of Muslims, for example. Because yeah. there has been a heavy negative sort of narrative yeah. against Muslims for various reasons, right? It's the same as in these countries. The reason why they don't see black people as this and this and this and this is because there is no nuanced narrative. Mm -hmm. Whereas on their TV screens, there is the poor white man, but there's the rich white woman, but there's the, 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 the gay white kid, but there's also the, the straight conservative white girl. But there, there are nuanced characters when it comes to white people. But Black people, there isn't, and the reason for that is because there aren't a lot of black people in those cultures. Mm -hmm. But my okay, can you just my train of thought is that okay, you've never come across a black person before, but where who is teaching you the N word? Who is telling you that oh, where there's black people, media. you should hit them? Media. No, what media, bitch? I mean, girls. No, where did you get the N word from? Where did? How does somebody know how to say the N word? Where did you get it? You heard it in the music. You heard it in a movie. Yeah, yeah. No, excuse me, even when you hear it in music, it's not coming from a negative way. If, okay, let's say I went to a country and everyone is, you know, I ride for my mom. You know that song? If everyone is singing, I go to a country and obviously they've not been, there's not a lot of black people and they're singing that song. I could be like, okay, I get why you're singing. You don't know that saying that is offensive. But the one I'm talking about is that you see me on the street. You are just shouting, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, and you want to hit me when you're on. You're also claiming that, oh, I, the reason I want to hit you is because I've not met a lot of black people. Where does that make sense? That big? Where does that? I've not met a lot of black people. But when I say a black person, I want to be aggressive. Why? Why? It makes no sense. Jackie, this That's is offensive. the difference between like how you receive the behavior and how it's accepted. I'm I'm not taking anyone's side because Lola's giving me this side eye that I don't like. So please look, calm down. I just wanted because obviously we don't have enough time, but I wanted us to all go around and maybe say like a country that you know you really want and feel like black people are welcome there. And I've noticed as well, a lot of African countries, have you noticed that when you go to an African country, you don't feel this at you all? You don't feel this. You don't, we don't have you don't feel, you don't, You're not worried. You're not, majority, yeah, no. But still, but when white people go to Africa, it's not, they, they might be like, oh, you're different, but none of them want to hit them, want to kill them. It's give and take. Yeah. I go to a predominantly black church. In my old church, was also predominantly black. When white, there was one day a white lady came to our church. Oh my God. <laughs> if you see the treatment, I thought, wow, guys, calm down. She's a human. And this was in London. You know, so I get it from both sides. You know no, that I've never because, had that experience for white we, people. But then it wasn't negative. That's the thing. White, exactly. Yeah. White people are put on a pedestal. Exactly. Yeah. No, they are. And we have a colonial mindset. When yeah. white people go to Africa, they mm -hmm. treat like kings and queens. Yeah. Yeah. Once upon a time, we saw them as kings mm -hmm. and queens because they were colonized. Mm -hmm. And we still have that mentality. What? And that, that, that trickles down into every part of life because you uh, see black people acting like they want to be white yeah. because... 
They have that Guys, my sister told me, I'm sorry, I need to tell you this story. <laughs> my sister told me that she went to a restaurant, it was an African restaurant, and um, there was a white lady there eating pounded yam. And the owner of the restaurant actually came out and was watching this white lady saying, oh my God, you can't eat pounded yam? Eat it again, eat it again. Let me see, eat it again. Like, and Penny was like, but I'm eating, my sister was like, I'm eating pounded yam, nobody's praising me. But Yeah, you know, because that was her norm. So she was shocked and said, I'm not used to seeing but a white there's person. there's no violence. There's no violence, girl. Yeah, That's the amazing. difference. You it's amazing. Like, this is good. Exactly. Oh. White people usually get positive reactions where it's they so go positive. anywhere anywhere around the world I'm it's usually positive but 19 okay 80 percent of the time when a black person goes it's a negative reaction mm. but 80 percent when a when a white person goes is a positive reaction yeah, because you have that. to understand the way our society has been built we have been painted as people who are inferior to white people that's how society is built but guys, I know this has been stressful, I get it, but I just want us to all go around and say like one good country that you suggest for black travellers and why, just quickly before we round up. Alessia, you first. Yeah. I would say go to China. Like I know I had one bad experience in Dalian, but Beijing was amazing. So other than one person who was coming from the, like, the outskirts of Beijing, but generally it's just, I, other than, the taking pictures and other than the touching my hair, it wasn't negative mm. in that sense. Mm. I mean, there was one incident which was, was negative, but nothing major that I felt threatened by mm -hmm. myself. Mm. And generally, it was, I was asked questions which I have not asked when I go to a country which isn't like in Europe. And people just look at me or like, you know, clutch the purse or something like that. Yeah. So at least that is a, is a positive thing. So definitely go to China, girls. Um, for me, I'm not a big fan of Europe, so Brexit won't even really affect me because <laughs> I feel like I need sunshine and Jet beach. Setter. So I never really go to anywhere in Europe. So I would definitely recommend Indonesia, Bali. It's honestly like my favorite place in the whole entire world. The people are amazing. The culture is amazing. I've been, I mean, every time I've always gone, I was only, the only black person there, but they're very welcoming. Like they want to know, they will be like, oh, can I touch your hair? But it's like, you know, you can touch my hair for two seconds, whatever. But everybody's super nice. I absolutely love it. Oh, and don't touch my hair now. Uh, yeah, you know, each to their own. I think it's all about what you're comfortable with. Yeah. And for me, like, I can I don't see it in a negative negative light if somebody wants to like touch my braids and I've met them in, in Bali. But yeah, I would definitely say Bali, Indonesia, beautiful place, amazing, yeah. Okay, before I say my where I'm gonna go, just to note that the two girls who have talked right now have said other than touching hair, other than people staring at you, this is a that is a black travel experience, guys. Other than they've listed three things saying other than touching hair, other than people touching you, other people doing this, 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 this is a place to go. Well, guys, the place I'm gonna recommend, there's no touching hair, nobody's gonna be looking at you weird. So let me give it to you. The place I would suggest you go to is Dubai. It's a place... That's a, that's a lie because people in Dubai have looked at me weird. Don't do that. They're Don't do weird. that. From the airport, people in Dubai be looking at you weird. Don't Never. I, excuse me, honey. I've been to Dubai six times. Shout out to my mom. Thank you. <laughs> but... <laughs> Go to the bar, guys. Well, okay, ladies, I know. 
I'm gonna say too. I went. I went to Monaco last week for work, and I just had the best time ever. Like I didn't feel any kind of awkward treatment. Obviously, it's you know part of France. France is usually okay with all these good things, so it was really nice. I just felt like you know calm, nice. But I did want to say that Essence Online suggested that the black woman's bucket list should be. Ethiopia. Now, I don't know mm. if any of us have been. Has anyone know well. been? So I feel like girls' trip, other than skiing, it should be Ethiopia. Listen, yeah. on that note, my place, and I believe anywhere where there's a lot of black people, you're sure to flourish and shine. Yes! My favorite place ever that I've ever visited, ever, is Jamaica. Woo! No, 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 don't ever get it twisted. I'm half Jamaican. My mom doesn't know that, but in my spirit, Bob Molly is just. He's it's jealous. Every time I hear Bob's it's like, Listen. Listen. Oh, I love that. Listen. Jamaica was amazing. Seeing so many people that looked like me was one breathtaking. But the culture, the attitude, the music, the food, I felt that I'm not Jamaican. I felt at home. Mm. And that's what I believe going to places like Africa, mm. Ethiopia, Ethiopia, Ghana, Nigeria, that's that's what I want to feel when I travel. Yeah. And the next place for me would be someone like Ethiopia or someone like Nigeria or someone like Ghana. Please do Nigeria first. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to talk about that. Shut We're not going to tell you guys why I said that, but Shut please do Nigeria first. Because Nigeria is a yeah, vibe. It really yeah, is a vibe, yeah. I promise you. I, I think to conclude, I just want to point out, I think one thing that we need to add is if we feel uncomfortable going to other countries, Africa is a huge yeah. continent. Literally. How about we invest in our tourism? I like, know. I think mm. Morocco had over 12 million visitors last year alone. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You can go to Kenya, you can go to Zanzibar. If you feel uncomfortable going to other continents, how about investing in our own oh, country, yeah. making our people money and feeling comfortable and, you know, just being culturally rich and learning more about where we come from? Mm. I yeah. think that's also a good solution. Yeah, that's you don't really have to go solution. to other countries where you feel uncomfortable. Go to countries where people people mm. look like you. You're comfortable. Yeah. But you're also making us money. Yeah, exactly. Yes, Sam. Yes, Sam. And that is it. As you can see, it's been a very heated discussion. Thanks, Sam. And <laughs> that's the end of part one of what the fuck is going on. Join us again for part two, where we'll be talking specifically about the things we're interested in. Thank you, guys. Bye. Hello guys, welcome to What The Fuck Is Going On Part 2 and now I'm going to put you on to our political correspondent Sam who's going to tell you what the fuck is going on in politics. Sam? Yes, I'm back. I've got some good news this week. I feel like last time was kind of sad but today Theresa May had an interview and she came out wearing a bright yellow top and she was asked what she's doing and she said she's doing more walking, cooking and watching cricket and she was smiling. Yay! Finally! Yay! Life after Downing Street is not as bad. She's living her best life. Her hair looks amazing. Her face is glowing. The glow up for Theresa May has been amazing and I'm so happy for her. We're back to politics. So we had, it's like a long like process that's happening right now. So we had the first round of votes 
for the next Prime Minister and Boris Johnson won the first vote with 114 votes which um, basically means they have another vote happening next week but this basically means that our new Prime Minister will be Boris if he carries on the way he's going mm. and um, I don't know how I really feel about that and I don't know how you guys feel about that but Boris Prime Minister I never thought it would happen in my my whole entire existence but it's happening um, Trump and Boris yes they're going to be what is this <laughs> At least they can share hair tips. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, and he said, um, in regards to Brexit, he said, October is our deadline. We are leaving, deal or no deal. And I've heard that word so many times that I just feel like politicians say it just for the sake of it. I don't think anybody in their right mind would leave Brexit without a deal. But Boris has said if he has to leave without a deal in October, he will. So... We'll see how that goes. Leaving without a deal, guys. Yeah, it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. If you can't even figure out how to get a deal, how will you? Co- well, we do not have a deal, and we're yeah. trying to create partnerships, deals with other European countries. Preach. Stop it. Stop it's, it's, it. It's like letting a blind man drive. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. And you in the car and were like, you know what? I Same. think you will actually get there. And I think politicians in this country particularly overestimate their ability exactly. and mental attitude. Like, yeah. Calm down, Boris. Can I have you need a deal? How could Boris have so many supporters? Like, isn't he meant he, to be like a stupid? Isn't he meant not like? Is that not what his thing well, is? Well, I feel like it's 50-50, Like two different reasons. One is the media likes him because he yeah. creates. He's a buffoon. And he's not stupid. He's Do you remember where he went to school? He he, he, he went with the big, with the big boys. Um, at the, I'm so sorry, everyone. But they you're rich. Oh, went to Oxford. I'm so they sorry. Yeah, Come but on. you also, also need to remember that his family has been in politics. Yeah. His sister's a, a political correspondent for Sky News in some way. Well, I feel like his whole entire family, his father was very smart. I don't know how he did it, but I feel like he definitely told his kids from a young age, listen, you are going to be the most powerful people in this country. I don't care what you do to get there. Boris was born to be a prime minister. He's been taught from the day he was born that you will be powerful and you can tell by the way he talks the way he walks he doesn't care how it happens even if he doesn't win a general election he's gonna be prime minister it's not you know yes it was a snap election but i'm prime minister nobody ever you know underestimates your role and i feel like he's been working for this since the day he was born and he's gonna finally do it this is terrifying yeah. because you yeah. have a donald trump is uncapable to do anything literally anything and then you have a boris johnson which i reportedly from other ministers saying that he comes into cabinet meetings unprepared which he does not know what's supposed to be doing in that room i mean can you and also like, can you can you imagine making choices with that and i think also his Private life is something that we need to highlight because <laughs> most mm. prime ministers have had their lives together. They've been married, they have mm. kids at home. Boris is in the middle of a divorce. He was having an affair with a girl who works on the press team for the Conservative Party. Second affair. Yeah. yeah. Second affair. And to point out, I, you know, Googled the girl, went on her LinkedIn, and I'm not going to lie, her career has been somewhat questionable. She's in the industry that we're in, journalism, PR, but I feel like her growth, she's in, just turned in her 30s. The way her career has progressed, it seems like she had somebody higher up who was putting strings for her. Allegedly. (laughs) That's just just me based on what I saw on LinkedIn. But, yeah. Ambitious girl, let me tell you. Listen, it's a day and age. Who, I mean, um, (laughs) get the bag, get the bag anyhow and anywhere. It's, it's. 
like already we have the problem of being ridiculed and laughed at because of Brexit. We're also gonna elect, or like we we are not, but eventually Boris Johnson will become prime minister. Like how laughed at do we need to be to actually sort it out? I mean, sure, like people and like Jeremy Corbyn have been saying that, like yeah, we're gonna send a version of our confidence, we're gonna force a general election, but then they are also not prepared. So if he can't be loyal in his marriage, how can he be loyal to us? I mm. will. But I weirdly feel that if Boris Johnson becomes the leader, leader of the Tory party and the Prime Minister, it somehow puts a very different light on Jeremy Corbyn. Because actually, Corbyn then becomes the lesser of two evils. Mm. Because Boris is embarrassing. Yeah. He has said misogynistic, Islamophobic, xenophobic, racist <laughs> statements. He's got it all. If, if, if you look at Corbyn in comparison, yeah. He's Corbyn. a Trump. No, yeah. but Corbyn needs to take advantage of that. And my question is, will he? Because I felt mm. like this year, it was really his time to shine. And but he, he didn't shine. He failed! He failed! I'm failed. failed. I'm failed. Really was his year to time because the conservatives was in so so bad this was his time to yeah, show that you know broken. what the opposition is the party to win the fact that he did so terrible at the last local elections the green party won i vote for the green party shout out to the green party i mean you know it is is a point to 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 know and it's just ridiculous how like what's gonna happen? Yeah, I feel like maybe Boris will bring the Boris bikes back. But we need to. We have the Boris bikes. Yeah, but now there's Santana. But you know, maybe he will put his original stamp and name on the bike. Please, because we don't need bike. We just don't want to crash out of the EU. Please keep the bikes. Thank you. We need to recognize something. He did win his mayor like twice, and London is a Labour. Oh yeah, yeah. That's so true. he won twice. So he we was, need to be aware. Yeah, about but he him. was up against someone like Red Ken, yeah. who became notorious for certain things he was saying. Yeah. And Boris Johnson again was charismatic, and he was a new face. He was fresh. Sure. And actually, in a sort of a, a, in the, the mayor perspective, he was quite liberal. Yeah. Boris, Boris yeah. in a London. In a I London, mean, he had London, to be. Yeah. He was down with the peaks. He was down with the people. I think London Boris would never have voted for Brexit. Yeah. But mm. I think aspirational Boris yeah. saw, oh, this could be my chance to step up the, the ladder. And he. But can you trust his choices nah. when he's prime minister? So that's the question. And my thing is, is he going to have the same fate as May? I think May was very confident that she could come with an outcome. But the truth is, once you're in number 10 and you're now in power, guess what? There are a lot of stakeholders that are controlling what you say. You might be the prime minister, but everybody else is controlling what you do. So we'll see. But at the moment, Boris is looking like he's going to be our prime minister. And he's saying we're leaving deal or no deal. Thank you, Sam. Well, guys, let me tell you what the fuck is going on in sports and music, I guess, because we're talking about the Drake curse or more importantly, the end of the Raptors, the Ranta Raptors, apologies, um, have finally won Canada's first NBA title, winning over the um, Golden State Warriors. So, guys, Drake, mm -hmm. obviously we know him about being a bit of a jumping around with teams and mainly the fact that every person or sports person captured taking a picture with him soon after 
something bad really does happen. Ah, oh, uh, no. is that the Anthony Joshua yeah, thing where yeah. he had took a pic? <gasps> and you know what? He actually titled that picture and breaking um, the, the Drake curse, breaking the Drake cor- curse, and then he ended up losing. Oh, no. <laughs> like one of boxing worst upsets. Like a fat guy beating Anthony Joshua. No, no, fat guy now. It was a fat guy who pretty much and proudly say afterwards, I eat a sneaker bar every time before I go to the inside the box. Oh, okay, wow. so for those of us who are not like into NBA and American sport, like this win, how big is it? Because when I wake up this morning, it's so massive. massive. Yeah, so massive. What, is it, what does this mean? Massive. The Golden State Warriors have won uh, two championships. Mm-hmm. They were the favorites to win. Mm-hmm. The Raptors are a Canadian team. Mm-hmm have never ever won a championship. A Canadian, a non-American team has never won an NBA Amazing. championship. So for them they to come history. and beat the uh, the Golden State Warriors, the favorites, yeah. in a same, the Golden State Warriors are the elite team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It was insane. And to think about all the money that's now is gonna go through and the NBA and going back to Canada to kind of like helping them out, it's insane. So what was the does, score? So just get guys, in, uh, so the score is in, you go into games, so you, you win the best of three. Well, and then if you, for example, um, so Raptors won two, and Golden State won one, but because the Golden States then won another one, they had to go to game six. Yeah. So that's how it goes. So now so it, sh- it should be it should be seven games. So you work your way up to game seven, mm-hmm. and the Raptors won the first two. Mm-hmm. The Golden State won. No, the Raptors. No, the Raptors won one. one. The Golden, Golden States won one, one, and then the Raptors won another one. And then the, the Golden, Golden States, States won another one. one. So you have to have you have to win up two of them to yeah. actually win. Okay. So I ended up winning in six games. They didn't have to go to the seventh one yeah. because they were able to one up the Golden States. Unfortunately, for the Golden States, two of the main players actually ended up getting injured. One Clay of them Thompson is and KD. Yes, absolutely. And we all know about KD. He had the same injury, I believe, last year, if if I'm not mistaken, yeah. a year and a half ago, and second one so that means he's out for the entire season next year and clay thompson is going to be back around may time next year as well so big 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 plays and big money okay so how does the drake connection now come into play well drake is the ambassador of the raptors big movie i hope he got some stake on that team because otherwise he's just a fool because um of all the sponsorship but um generally Drake being Toronto guy mm-hmm. and big up the six and all that stuff. Um, being an ambassador, uh, he actually owns the training grounds as well, something like and that. And Drake wasn't humble. Listen, when <laughs> he, this entire time, Milwaukee, is it? Drake was moving like he was bad. A player, an extra player. No. He, he would be on the court giving massages to the Raptors coach oh, team. Whenever he he'd be like taunting the other team. There was one, I think the second game, game two, um, they were showing the Raptors game in one of the big sort of central squares in Jurassic Toronto. Park. Yeah, Jurassic Park. And Drake was hosting the viewing. Yeah. He was on well, stage. Well, general yeah. was, but yeah. Well, I saw him having a fight with one of the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, yeah that's KD. KD. That was KD. He's team too much. That's what Drake is. He's team He's too, too much. much. That team specifically will make history. Yes. And it's insane. And finally... Well, that's all for sports on what the fuck is going on. So, up next is what the fuck is going on in London. So, guys, you know, talking about London is always so um, depressing. Purely because all we know (laughs) is knife crime. I'm not going to keep screaming about it. Like, I just feel like it's wild. As we're sitting here now, 
A man has been stabbed to death. Another one has been shot to death, all in South London. Completely, completely random attacks, both dead. Really, really sad. One's in Plumstead and the other one was in Wandsworth. I just feel like this is just becoming so normal that it's just really out of hand. But my main topic today I wanted to talk about was that did you hear about the boy who decided that he does not want to be a papa? <laughs> so this is what he did. He said, I'm going to call two of my, you know, good girl friends and I'm going to pour detergent down the girl's throat. <laughs> that is what he did. Then they launched a vicious attack, stamping on the stomach of the of the pregnant girl, 17. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, you know, I'm just not ready to be a dad. He had Googled, you know, how do you get rid of an un unborn child? He had Googled what does heroin do to a child? Did he give her heroin? This, and he was Googling it, oh. so obviously the courts heard because they were sentenced. Um, they were in court or whatever, and they will be sentenced on the 5th of July. So, yeah, he was just like... Yeah, googling stupid shit, and then on top of that, attacked the girl, kept her hostage, called his cousins or friends or whoever it is. I'm not, you know, I don't even care who it is at this point. But how stupid are you? Can you get an abortion? I if feel you're like you can like definitely. If get you don't want to have kids or make a girl pregnant, don't have sex. Don't have sex. Period. Who asks you? Yeah, you can't have a child. You? And if, if the woman does not want to have an abortion, we're going to kill her. Exactly. And also, there are, there are other options. There are literally are other options. First no, but of all, she wanted to, to keep her she, child. Exactly. But, so you can give away your paternal right. If you don't want to be part of, of that child's life, first of all, fuck you. Because if you were old enough to and think yourself... To penetrate. Let's be real. You were old enough to whip out your... Don't do it. Just keep it on, like, in your pants. So don't, don't, don't move that way. But if you do that unaware or stupid enough or uncaring then do the right thing just sign away your parental right you have nothing to do with the child the child will eventually like you you can't force a man to be a father and he's actually better for the father to not be there at all if he's mm -hmm. going to be as toxic as that did the girl die what's happened to the child no the girl didn't die and uh, reports say that the child is still living glory be to god do you know what is sickening though not really catch him dear i know he's like you will be a dad Today. I force my foot. <laughs> no matter I what you that. do, or dare. But the sickening thing that I read on the Evening Standard is that halfway through the attack, he stopped and said, I don't think it's dead yet. Let's continue. Oh, Guys, now, is this someone with even any sort of moral compass at all? No, I want to know who He's sick. Him. No, I want to know who raised him. He's a sick person. Oh, and that's girl... Because to turn out like that, something, is really, something really wrong. Because really wrong. On the on behalf of the child, he the child is already coming out with so much trauma. You, baby, you're coming out. You got a ton of shit to deal with. Like, look at the whole thing of how you came about. Yeah. That alone, if someone tells that child, that's "This is what your daddy did. This, this, this." That's trauma. How old is the guy? He's twenty two. Twenty two. And then his cousin. Okay, so his cousin is the one who he called to come and join. And then another fifteen year old girl. His cousin's uh, twenty two as well. How old is the girl? The girl who was pregnant at 17. Well, so he had underage sex. He had underage sex. If you're 17 and the, and the person is under the age of something, he's not. Nah. He's been, he's not been sleeping for a while. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but, but the, the fact that she's pregnant is proof of her having sex in that moment. But if she's 17 or older, uh, there is an age that I don't remember, which is not such a rate. No, my point is, if you're 22... You decide to have sex with a young girl, mm -hmm. but you're not ready to have a dad, but you don't use contraception. 
Mm-hmm. You need to look after your child. You're not going to try and kill the poor girl and her child because you're not ready at 22 get a job yeah i just want to um call for london to stop making me so depressed you know i love where i'm from i love being from here but the news needs to be a bit move to sweden oh my god we had like one murder and that was like the biggest thing on like planet earth (laughs) move to to Harrington. if someone if someone this is the most if someone steals something off your car we know who did it (laughs) (laughs) my brother's bike was stolen and honestly it was like the biggest thing of the whole community got involved they found the cctv like it was that intense i'm still waiting cctv footage from a burglary like a month ago oh Oh, no no. my brother's bike it was found within 24 hours like we knew he did it i love that went to their house I'm really, really just tired of this um, London narrative. I'm just like hoping that there's some sort of change, something you know should be done because it's getting out of hand. How can we just be sitting here enjoying um, good old Love Island and um, we just hear that two teenage mm. teen teenagers have been yeah. stabbed and yeah. shot to death in South London, all in the space of less than an hour. We've had enough now. Like, can we stop this? We're tired of young black boys dying. Yeah. Mm. Sadiq Khan has just released a tweet about the... Sadiq Khan's always releasing tweets. Oh, I know, he's forever tweeting. Sadiq Khan is oh, always like, on Twitter saying he's upset. He said he's sickened. He's to hear two young lives have been ended within 13 wifi. minutes of each other. I feel like the biggest issue of the day is Brexit, right? But I feel like, as a society, we are fundamentally broken. Yeah. And whoever comes into power that was needs to recognise that. There are oh. some serious moral and social and cultural issues yeah, in Boris this country. Yeah, that. I mean, it was all in the name of austerity, you know, this is yeah. something that was bought by the Tory parties, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're saving, we need to cut, cut, we need to cut funding, and I feel like they could have cut funding in a lot of other areas yeah. because, mm-hmm. I mean, Trump coming cost about 80 million to the taxpayer. Mm. I don't know where that 80 million came from, but if we use that 80 million to invest in youth projects in London, mm. You wouldn't have young black boys. We didn't even time. need Trump to come. He could have Trump just typed us. Trump. Order him an Uber. Get Trump an Uber. Trump, like, what is it? His entourage his was a thousand here. people. Trump brought a thousand people. Why? I, I don't know. It's Ivanka and all the, the maids that are taking care a of A thousand. And the maids. But, like, yeah, I don't understand. I'm no, sorry. Listen. I'm sorry. I'm Take sorry. Take him and Ivanka in Uber X. Just say, bring four people and that Uber had to X bring, come. He had to bring like, his actual car car. Air Force One, he had to bring his custom-made car that he used in America. Like, it cost 80 million. And they were here for three days. 80 million. Three days. So a state visit. I just DJ. So my money. Yeah. Because he's... <clears throat> I got heavily taxed <laughs> in the first part of the January, you know, because I was working at Twitter. Mm-hmm. The amount of tax that mm-hmm. I got, like I was, I had to call them and say, "Excuse me, someone is stealing my money." <laughs> my woman said, "Yeah, it's the government stealing your money, honey." <laughs> so my money went to Trump. Yeah. It's a million. But what the fuck is going on in entertainment? <laughs> Hello, everyone. I am back again. With the show that really pains my heart, mm-hmm. but I love it at the same time. It's kind of like a toxic relationship for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I love it and I hate it. It pulls me in, it draws me close, it pulls me back again. Anyway, I am talking about Love Island. And um, there's so many things to talk about in Love Island. I'm just going to split it into three. The first one, where the fuck 
is Sharif? Where did he go? And why is there a, not a statement released about Sharif? Where is Sharif? Sharif, are you alive? Like, come on. I think they killed him. Like, where is Sharif? <laughs> he drowned. He couldn't swim in the pool and he drowned and they said, you know what? <laughs> you know, you know black people can't swim. That's what people hey. say. Hey, Sharif. <laughs> Sharif went into the pool. Sharif drowned. They said, you know what? We don't know how to explain this. We're just going to hide his body. That's what Sharif is. <laughs> no, because the last we heard of Sharif, they just said Sharif has been kicked out of the house. But where is he? I want to see him on Good Morning Britain. I want to see him. I want to see him alive and well with all the, his limbs. Like, where is Sharif? And also, because of this, there have been tons of statements, tons of speculation about what Sharif did to be kicked out of the house. Mm-hmm. We've had, oh, he fought with Anton. He um, there was, was wanking. He had cocaine and all this sort of stuff. But Sharif, make of like Sharif Love Island give us a full statement of what happened so we know because it's not good for Sharif's mental health as well for people to be saying oh he did this he did this he did that we want a formal statement what happened to Sharif and Sharif baby boy are you still alive where are you they're never gonna do anything. They they must have signed a, like NDAs. They'd, no, but if no, I, but you owe like, us as viewers. You sh- owe us some sort of explanation to tell us what happened. But people, but this is working towards them, like for, for them. Like people were just speculating and still talking about Love Island, and they continue and continue on to give more press to this. I feel like something. Oh, child, my spirit. Something bad mm. allegedly. Has allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly happened on that production. I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because even when, even if Sharif wanked in the hot tub, even if Sharif had a fight, they would have put out a formal statement yeah. saying this is why he was kicked out. Big Brother, when people were kicked off for of bad behaviour, yeah. they released statements saying, Immediately. oh, uh, Jade Goody was kicked out for this reason yeah. because she was racist. Yeah. And you all saw it. Yeah. And you'd see a preview of it on the show, even if even if he threw a few swings, yeah. you'd see it because yeah. it's still good TV. Yeah, you'd see like the rust, mm. the hustle and bustle. Something for a show this big with this many viewers to not have put out a statement to say point blank period, this is why he's out. It means allegedly that allegedly <laughs> something has happened allegedly on the production and allegedly I'm, allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> and I think I think that it's so big that if it comes out and they don't handle it before we get a hold of it, it could completely bring the entire show under. Allegedly. Oh. Allegedly. And also, I let's agree. talk about the cocaine thing. You are Allegedly. not... Allegedly. <laughs> Thank you very much. God bless you. <laughs> the cocaine thing, yes. Um, no, tell them the story. Love... Okay, what happened is that... Um, what um, happened was... What happened is that the blogs and Twitter accounts have all put out this screenshot which is allegedly Sharif telling a friend that they caught him doing cocaine and that's why he was kicked out. But what I want to know if this happened, if the, if the story is true, is that where did you get the cocaine from? Because when Love Island is filmed, it's filmed in an enclosed area. Like, there's no, you don't really much have, you don't really have access to the outside yeah. world. So where did this cocaine come from? And if it's cocaine, tell us it's cocaine. The thing is, ITV have been un- in such hot water because of contributor welfare mm-hmm. and all the suicides that have happened. So if it's now found out that a contributor under ITV's watch allegedly allegedly allegedly, allegedly, allegedly <laughs> has somehow allegedly, allegedly managed allegedly <laughs> to get allegedly a hold of 
for one bit. No, no, Let me t- I feel like I, f- I can sense a producer or even Danny because he came from the outside world. He already knew what was happening. He knew people loved Yewande and she's gorgeous. She's everything. He probably came in and be like, I'm going to be with Yewande just for the culture. But no, but yeah, I... am doing it for clout. I know he is. But... Do you really like? Do you really like her, Danny? Do you actually really like her? Let's give that examples as to why, so that it doesn't sound like we're just okay. being, you know. Penny. Mm. Okay. My first example. He first came in. He had a date with Yewande Amber, and that was fine. He said he liked Yewande more. Class. And then he got into the house, and then he started talking to Molly May, and the way he was with Molly May. Everyone could sense that he was touching her hair. He was, you know, you know, and she was flirting. They were sleeping in the same bed together. No, no, the outside terrace. They were on the outside terrace together speaking and everything. He was like, I want to get you to know you more. I like your wanted, but I want to get you to know you more. And then we just had this swift shh. And then he's like, actually, I just, um, I like your wanted better. In the space of like one episode, that's the episode. You're telling Molly May that I like you. And then at the end, you're like, your wanted is everything for me and everything. But where are the conversations that you and you've had? Show me more conversations. Every time I see Daddy and Yewanda have a conversation, it's very short. How are you falling in love? Because with only two minutes conversation short, because I feel like with other couples, we get to see their gradual yeah progress. But progress. Is, we is, don't see this with that, them. Is that the fault of Daddy and Yewanda? Is this the fault of the editors? Of the, of the editors as well. I think the producers are trying to play us. Like even like uh, I don't know, guys. Can we dissect the kiss tonight so I don't sound let's like talk, a. Let's talk about Anthony yes. Auntie or like a bitter <laughs> Betty. Like, no. Yeah, one day you even deserve more than Danny. Who's Danny? Danny who Danny where? He's just a model. You deserve more. But <laughs> <laughs> But literally, yeah. No, but I really feel like he does not like her. What do you guys there think? There was literally no chemistry in that case. Like, okay, it looked like it looked like um Sam, do you wanna say it? Because I feel like you said it so well. It looks like Sam's like over there sipping. She does not want to say because she's sipping vodka and orange. I'm not even what because for me personally, I thought he was paid to do it. I honestly think the producers put him aside and listen and said, Listen, black Twitter is really cussing us out and we are struggling because year one day is trending. Please just go and kiss us so they can shut up and leave us. That's exactly what happened. Because that kiss, the way he jumped after was like Come on, lads! I, I did it. 
There was, was no passion, passion, no passion, no nothing. No, no, and it was their I first feel like kiss. Kisses, like you hold each other or something. The, the gap between the two was of them really was just bad. like, okay, we've just kissed. Like we've done what they want us to do. I think he was paid by the producers to do it. He's going to get a little extra I bonus. Like Seriously, though, it was really, really bad. There was no connection. You know when you have a first kiss with someone, there is usually like a follow-up kiss or a little, you know, extra grip, an extra look in the eye, you know, look for the twinkle. You've just shared a passionate moment. None of that was on the screen today. None of it. It was empty. I was just like, wow. So is this is this the love story that she's gonna have? She's gonna have in comparison to everybody else that's like you know deeply in love already after seven days and I had her doing it. What, mm, what, what magic? Four hours. Mm. But- <laughs> Moira, Moira, <laughs> shout out to Moira. And that's our third thing we're getting into today about Love Island. Is do you have anything more to say about Di? Anyone? That um, you want is beautiful, mm. and she has no confidence. Yeah. And yet again. I mean, that, that was my first time, this tonight's episode was the, my first time watching a full episode of Love Island. Mm. And it just makes me sad how, of all, not saying that she's not a great contributor, but of all the kind of black girls who we know that are in the social media space that you mm. could have put into a show like Love Island, where confidence is necessary. Very. I'm going to say amen. To, mm-hmm. put, to amen. put someone like Yuande who is self-conscious, I think for various reasons to put her in there and make it seem as if she needs to be with someone or she can't find someone based on her own confidence in the way she carries herself mm-hmm. makes it seem as if black girls internalize the self-hatred that we're never going to yeah. get someone mm-hmm. like don't get me wrong we have grown up as black women knowing that we are not say what the world views as beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. but we've come a long way in terms of black girls know that, that they shine black girls mm. know that the shit and we could go into that house and easily get whatever man we wanted yeah. because we carry ourselves like we could yoande is someone's like oh i don't know if i can get anyone yeah and because she keeps saying the same thing like she she went into the house saying oh you know i can't really flirt i don't know how to flirt i've never flirted before you know oh am i sexy i don't know i don't know how to be sexy that kind of when you have this mantra of you know yeah it's not good it's unattractive yeah it is unattractive and then everybody's gonna look at you like well you know she can't flirt she's not really that sexy because she's not showing she's sexy and black girls can flirt i feel like that's the narrative (laughs) you guys we all work in media like someone sits there and says what narrative do you want for black people and i feel like that's the narrative that most shows want for black females so for me as a black female when are you gonna say no i am not going on love island because nobody forced you to go on these shows you sign up after i never watched the show but i heard all the drama for samira for for year one days with someone for intellect i just want to know what possessed her with her big big degree with everything that she has going on in her life for you to sit there and say, you know what, I want to go on Love Island. But why can't she not go? That's the no, other thing that's on the That white people never have to think about this. But her as a black go. woman, she has to think about No, it. oh, it's yeah. not about the it's fact that she's being black. It's the fact that she can go on Love Island if she wants to. But the fact that she's gone on Love Island like, oh, I don't know how to flirt. I don't know. You know what the show is but about. The show that... is about flirting to get your man. Sure. That is that is the narrative of the whole show. You sure, need to be sexy. You need It's like a competition all the time. But you also need to think about, first of all, Love Island needs to kind of represent in a in a certain degree, of course, a bit more of the rep- like the demographic. But they don't. Outside. They only put one and black they, girl. They, they, they're supposed to be. Yeah, that's that's 
that's that's the problem they kind of don't know where the line is but then they can also like we can also understand that, that people do are awkward so i can kind of like relate to her awkwardness obviously would you go on that show so you would never was exactly that is what we're saying that's that's the that's the problem where it is where she if she's to that point where we're seeing her being so unconfident and so just awkward with this kind of like social like situations then you shouldn't go to a place like that when you have cameras all around you i just wanted to ask are we gonna address moira's lip liner finish well yeah it. please tell us i mean i she just reminds me you know kylie jenner before yeah. she got a lip yeah. when she was creating two li- lips are you not gonna address that is that normal <laughs> or is that a trend? I don't know. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> I know I don't watch these shows. Is Sam, I'm trying to go to heaven, and at this rate, I probably won't make okay, it. Okay, is that a trend? Do we do we add extra layers of our Listen, oh, okay. listen, Sam. You don't know it's because you don't watch this uh, <laughs> type of TV. I didn't know Creating they, they create lips, lips is oh. a norm for them. Mm. Creating lips, they create Does anything. That come, the contract, like you must. You, be create, like oh. you know these girls. You know what I call them? Artists, artistes, because they are really. They really got the skills. And that's all for this Love Island section. Um, it's been real. It's been good. We spilled many teas. And we've offended a lot of people. So <laughs> that's all from me. Sick and tired of being politically correct. Yeah. That's all from me. Over to you, my baby girl, Charlene. Yes, it's time for me to dampen the mood. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. Let me just sip my drink. Well, well, you know, everyone's watching Love Island. I'm at home in a dark room watching When They See Us oh. on Netflix. Guys, if you want to cry and be traumatised forever, watch When They See Us. I'm scared. It's honestly one of the most traumatizing things I've ever watched in my entire life. And I'm not, that's not an exaggeration. That's not, you know, just saying it because it's become such a popular thing to talk about. It genuinely is one of the darkest things I've ever watched. And I think Ava DuVernay, who is the director um, and who did Selma and who did A Wrinkle in Time. She's just a beautiful black director, a beautiful black artist that created this film and a lot of people are now becoming a bit more woke to the injustices that black people, particularly black men, face when it comes to imprisonment and incarceration. Where They See Us documents the Central Park Five. In 1989, I want to say, five boys between the ages of 12, Ooh, so still alive, mm. 14 and 16, still rather, so were tried and sentenced to between six to 13 years in prison for raping a white woman in Central Park. Um, As the film sort of details, these boys were coerced into making false statements about being at the scene, about raping the woman. The policemen kept them in rooms and questioned them for over 12 hours without food, without parental supervision. Um, the prosecutor on the case was so um, driven to putting someone in prison for this white girl's rape. Fair play, of course she was raped, so someone has to go to prison. But she was she wanted someone to pay for that woman's um, victimization so badly that she ultimately framed five boys and completely destroyed their lives. As Ava DuVernay greatly highlights in the film, Trump at one point put an ad in various New York 
papers when he was just a billionaire spending money um, costing I think up to £80,000 $80,000 basically asking for these young boys to be killed Ooh. for a crime Ooh. that they ultimately were never um, that they were ultimately exonerated for um, and um, it's just the most harrowing thing I've ever watched in Can my I entire just, life. Is it the same Trump that grabs women's pussies? Yeah. Okay, Yay. continue. Yeah. And it's the same one that's when when they actually did get out um, refused and, it, to and, and, and refused to apologise and actually say, I don't believe it. Oh, is this the same Trump who's currently the president of the United States? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, And Ava DuVernay does such a, a be beautiful thing in highlighting just that. How sick and twisted the states are, but how crazy the prisons in America are. One of the boys, Corey Wise, was um, the oldest of the boys when they were tried and convicted for rape. He was 16. And so instead of sending him to juvie, which is like young offenders, they sent him to the toughest adult prison mm -hmm. in the US, Rikers Island in New York. Rikers. Wow. He went to Rikers. Um, as is revealed in the film and as is revealed in real life, Corey had sort of learning disabilities and was deaf, partially deaf in his ear. And so would skip school because he struggled, was bullied. His sister was um, trans and would be bullied for that as well. So just avoided school because he, he'd get threatened. Um, and so he was the most vulnerable out of the boys and he was sent to adult prison and he was in there for 13 years. Um, and in he that, pretty much did all his years. He, he, yeah. So while the other four boys were all in juvie together, he was by himself. He was by himself in a big man in a big jail. man's prison. He was beaten, stabbed, um, left in solitary confinement for years. Found out that his sister died whilst in solitary <sighs> confinement. Um, but listen, for those who don't believe in God, that's that's one thing. But he would end up meeting the man that actually raped the white woman whilst he was in prison. No! Shut up. And a chance encounter. I'm getting goosebumps. I don't think you can hold. I don't think you can watch this. He would end up meeting the guy, the, the guy that raped her How? in prison. Just through a chance encounter, they end up having a fight over um, music that was playing. Corey was cleaning as is depicted in the, the movie, Corey was cleaning the prison, or parts of the prison, and I think he was listening to DMX, and then the guy turned down the music. This frustrated Corey, they got into a fight. A few months or years later, um, Corey was transferred to a different prison and then transferred back to the prison that he met that guy in. And then the guy asked, "You're still," uh, or said to him, you're still here after all these years. And Corey didn't understand what why he was asking him that question. Mm -hmm. This guy would then go and confess wow. that he had raped that woman. He was actually in prison because he had raped and murdered so another woman oh. and had actually raped a few women prior to murdering yeah. and raping that one. And so 13 years later, Corey would meet this man and because of his confession, the five boys would then be exonerated for a crime that they never committed. They were awarded 41 million US dollars between them for their time in prison. Not enough. And the prosecutor who single-handedly made sure these boys were put in prison refuses till this day to accept that they were innocent and believes that they had a part to play in that woman's rape. Um, like I said, guys, I mean, I can understand why a lot of people don't want to watch it. 
I don't. It's, it's not like, it's just, it's very traumatic. Just it's, listening to you kind of getting a brain beyond, down. It's beyond, it's beyond traumatic. It's beyond traumatic. The four, the four episodes are so beautifully filmed, but the fourth episode, which documents Corey, the young, the 16 year old who was sent to uh, Rikers Island, is one of the most painful things I've, I've ever had to watch. Because Corey was so vulnerable. He was so vulnerable. And he's attacked by men, he is stabbed by men. And like um, Sam and, and Abby were mentioning earlier, when you go to prison for sex offences mm -hmm. and then to children, yeah. you have got the biggest target on your back. You're not in there for drugs, you're not in there as a hard man. You're in there for raping, as was a the case, vulnerable. a vulnerable white woman in a very highly tense racial climate. He was subjected to racial uh, hate crimes by the white people in prison. He was stabbed and shanked by his own. And he was 16 in there. Tell us what. I mean, to have your entire life in such a setting. What are they doing now, if you don't mind me asking? So Corey actually set up his own foundation Amazing. that is all about trying to um, free people who've been wrongly convicted Amazing. for crimes. Um, and the other guys have all got their own little projects, but I think Corey is the biggest success project because yeah. he really used those 13 years, yeah. came out, and is trying to help people who are in a similar position to him. But this guy is like five foot five in Rikers. That's my biggest fear in life, guys. Prison. Like, I literally pray, like, not even prison, wrong, being wrongly convicted for yeah. something that I didn't do. Yeah. I always pray that, please, any criminals out there, may they never look like me because I don't have that energy. Yeah. I'm not going to prison. And especially something with, I, did not I think having do. black what? brothers is yeah. the one I, that I, gives I, me anxiety. Because I, I feel yeah. as black females, it's not as bad, but I feel like young black boys are definitely a target. And if my brother, honestly, I'm just like, do you have to go? I would rather you spend. 10 hours playing on your PlayStation. Like, if you don't have to go out, I would even, yeah. if me being in the room is, like, annoying, I even go upstairs just to play on my laptop just to make sure that he stays at home and he's comfortable because I just, um, we live in a crazy I, world. I know a lot of black people like me who are avoiding watching that movie. Yeah. And rightly so, because I don't think I have the... I don't think like mentally right now to watch that movie it's painful it hurts yeah. a lot of people we don't want to it's kind of like therapy you don't want to face your trauma yeah. it's not only true it's traumatic for those guys but as a black person it's traumatic for us to see our own go through that I think the biggest thing that I took away from that was that for black people you are often guilty until proven innocent mm. um, Almost instantly, I thought of so many comparisons to their case. I thought about the guy, the Can swimmer, who raped yeah. a woman behind yeah. a trash can while she was sleeping. Where in that case, someone actually saw the crime, reported it, but the judge said he has a big future, so I'm not going to ruin him. Yeah. So there was someone else actually that pointed out at him, could recognize him in a lineup mm -hmm. and say, yes, it him. was him. And it was actually two people, yeah. two friends walking back to. We were the, the I don't know whether people were black or white who uh, witnessed the crime, but they were able to specifically point out him. It was yes, it was him without uh, like a doubt. Yeah, and he was still got what six months, six months, and then came out after raping a woman, and after being um, famously recognised. And it also reminds me of Stephen Lawrence in a way because Stephen Lawrence, it took his mum fighting for years mm -hmm. for her to get justice for her son yeah. and i feel like black boys black people our lives 
are don't mean anything. Are not valued at all. These these men, these young boys, guys. I mean, I can completely understand why you wouldn't want to watch it because I cried from episode one to four. I just oh. I don't want to see the Cleve Browder. Oh, that one. Khalif Browder. I, 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 I think I just watched these films to make no. myself go back. Here's from, another one. From watching Khalif Browder made me know Same that story. I cannot watch. Same when story. They, Khalif Browder, just even seeing like his mom who tried to fight for him and also died at the end. It's yeah. the most tragic really? and the most painful story, story ever. Over a backpack that he Khalif Browder was did not or wrongly, did not steal. Wrongly accused of stealing a backpack. And Some random guy said, yeah, that black guy stole my backpack. He ended up in prison. Rikers. Rikers. The worst prison in the world. He ended up in, he ended for up in years. For years. For, for stealing, for allegedly stealing someone's backpack. Even if he did, he did not steal. Nothing. 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 And even if he did steal that backpack, that does not merit someone being in prison for more than Five, American justice system is the mo mo one of the most corrupt things on earth. It's, it's one of the most corrupt. They, uh, if you are, if you're black American, listen. You guys need to start thinking about you. You need to change. Like you start to think about how I'm gonna change the system because it's disgusting. I would not want to be an American. Point back. I'm so happy that they born little me in Nigeria because I cannot. I feel like, and this means like the Kardashians yes. of the future. As much as people are like, oh my gosh, Kim Kardashian is doing low for attention, I feel like people like her are needed because you don't make change. A lot of people have been trying to make change from the beginning. Don't think social mm. injustice is something people don't know about. People know, but you need power and influence. And the fact that Kim has said, you know what? I know my power. I know my influence. And I'm going to fight cases that people put aside. Mm. I respect her for that. Yeah. I respect the her for that. The fact that Kim Kardashian recently had a had an audience yeah. at the White House yes. speaking about reforming the incarceration yeah. system just shows yeah. the kind of voices that America are willing to listen, listen to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Though I'm not a big fan of Kim Kardashian, yeah. Kim Kardashian has mixed race children and she's got a black husband. Yeah. And whether she likes all her it or nieces not, all her are black. Nieces, exactly. Mm. Whether she wants to or not, she is in some way linked to the black experience. Yeah. And the black experience with Kanye coming from Chicago, yeah. she knows now all too well mm. that it's not all high flying and jet setting. Mm. Yeah. It's forced imprisonment and it's years Racism. of solitary yeah. and it's years of oppression. Mm. If Kanye West was a musical genius, and I put genius in quotes, he <laughs> might be in Chicago shooting or being shot up. Or mm. dead. Or dead. And Saint and little Psalm, yeah. Matthew chapter 7. Leviticus. Genesis. You know, someone once said to me, and because I was speaking to a friend about not wanting to watch the movie, and she said, do you notice that a lot of films that come out are about our trauma, are about pain? We never get a black movie where it's like, mom, mom dad, everything is chill. No, not even some shows on Netflix, you know. There's a show I watch, and if I can't remember the name now, there's a lot of... Um, gang crime and all of it yeah. everything that involves black people there is always a bit of trauma our trauma it's a, does our trauma sell yes yes yeah. and i feel like no and i don't even think it's about it's saying to the white audience i feel like as a black community we need to understand our trauma because yeah. i feel like the generations we've grown up in are completely different we don't understand like my mom actually grew up in rhodesia which was colonized zimbabwe and i was born in zimbabwe moved to england so i don't understand when my mom is speaking and she oh my grandma was telling me stories how in school they would have black and white chairs so the black students sit on this side 
the white students sit on that side. This is my mum and grandmother. But for me, my relationship with the white people is completely different because I grew up in England. So when they're telling me their childhood, I'm so lost and I feel like movies like that are needed. But when do we stop? I feel like everything we, we have out there is about our trauma. Like every movie, every TV show, if you go to, I don't know, every music, it's about our pain, about our trauma. But when can we just be like, just... I think it's, no, I think, I think it's, it's good. I think, to, I think it's good. I think it's... I think as creators and people who work in the industry, there will be opportunities to make things that reflect the lighter part of experience. But the reality is, as a people, we go through trauma, mm. one, and the trauma that we go through is so, is so unjust that it should be reflected. And Ava DuVernay came out this week and she said that she's been resisting being the social justice racial warrior for so long because she hates having to tell sad stories Those about two, our yeah. people and what we've gone through but, it is but story. what Ava's done is she's illuminated a story to a whole generation of people white black asian whatever who are calling for that prosecutor's head yeah. and for something to change in that system and it's it's so important i think i think as sad as it is white people almost need to see our trauma to understand, to understand. Yeah. And, and I think like it's it shows our trauma but I also feel like it shows the black triumph because the fact that yeah. we have gone through all listen to me if it was any other race I don't know that they would be still standing strong Not and still even. fighting mm. I think it shows yes it's trauma but it, it shows triumph so the fact that these boys who suffer so much can stand up again and keep fighting Insane. You have no excuse in London, in all your council estate, because these guys suffered, you know what I mean? I feel like it shows a triumph. All these boys, True. articulate, yeah. came out to, Imagine being 14, going into prison, 16, going into big man's prison, being beaten on all sorts, and coming out and making a foundation for yourself, and helping people and freeing people because of the work that you've done, due to the suffering that you've you gone through. Yeah. Are they seeing therapy? Are they seeing therapy? I think they, uh, I they, think, should, they, they I think they probably have. do. They I, think you don't, I, don't, I don't think you experience that kind of thing and don't. And you, you really won't be able to survive very, like, very well if you don't. And I, I like the fact that this story is being told and it's super important and it, the reception that he's getting is it's amazing. amazing. Uh, it's in, in, in like outside of cinematography and the beautiful artwork that was done and the story itself, it's it's been supported all around the world. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's been seven days in a row where she's the most viewed Netflix movie yeah, every single day for the past seven days so everywhere. And it deserves that to happen because of the stories that he's telling you and because it kind of highlights the injustices that are happening at today today like i was just yesterday on facebook and there was a live video of a guy being like held at gunpoint by loads of yeah. police just because and yes he ended up being like he committed a crime but that does not justify the um it does not merit that the amount of force. of force that was given them and then like a loaded gun and like a black woman in that case saved helped, him, saved him yeah. because she, she put on recording. Facebook and said like you killed my boyfriend Last three years ago <gasps> three years ago yeah, oh, she said, you killed him no you, it was another uh, one okay. you you killed my husband at Taco Bell three years ago yeah. you're not killing this black man wow. really? and guys he was unarmed and let me just like describe the scene it was, it was heartbreaking for me and I could not stop crying yeah. and those stories yes it's always the black people represented this way in the justices but if you don't show people what's happening they will never know and if for them to not to understand it or don't do anything it's just important to smack it on the face and just show 
this is the this is the America, this is yeah. the world that you were accepting. Yeah. And, and I'm not doing anything. And I yeah. feel like now people know how to react. So back in the day, if someone saw someone being stopped by the police, I think they would just walk away. Mm. But now people, citizens have taken it upon themselves. If they see someone being unjustly treated by the police, they are intervening. This woman put her life in danger. Bear in mind, this guy was right on the floor. They had about 10 police cars with guns. I'm not talking about little guns, big guns. She yeah, yeah, recorded yeah, yeah. the whole entire thing and she was like, I'm not leaving. And to be quite honest, had she not been there, they would have shot him and he would have died. Mm. He would have. She saved he his life. Have. And we need, and by telling our stories, constantly, as much as it's depressing, people now know how to intervene. Mm. When you see something mm. like that, you don't have to physically you, you, be you, there, you know, but just putting your phone up there, the police already changed their behavior because mm. they know. Because your social face media. Is there. Because social media will find you yeah. in five seconds. Yeah. Like you will, you will be known to the entire world for your fuckery in front and of everyone. And you could hear her and crying. You can, and she said her name, her full she name. She said her full said, name. The full name of my boyfriend. Yeah. You killed him three years ago. This is not happening for this man. She said, please. She was pleading with him. She, she was like, he's on his knees. Her. He's complying to everything you're saying. You and don't she, need all these police officers here. He's unarmed. She was begging. Asking you the just, right question yeah. of why they were doing this. Why there was such an excessive force. Yeah. And say, he's had his hands up for minutes now. And, and none of you approach him to actually get that when he said yeah. that he does not have guns. And you can see there is not much room to have guns. And guess what? After that, that's when the lady police officer was like, oh, get up. But... Trust me, if that video wasn't there, they would have sat on top of him. You know how they normally come and yeah. resist you? But the lady asked him to get up. But best believe, had she not put her phone up, it would not have ended that way. He would have had 10 police officers on himself getting him to death. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So these and, and the, Net the Netflix, it was a docuseries. Yeah. It's super important. Yeah. Yes, it was still represented. It still talks the negative trauma that black people go through. But this is our reality, my friend, yeah. and it's important to be sp spoken of yeah. to show what actually is happening. So we're not gonna fake it. Sure, there are a lot of amazing love stories between black people, and they deserve mm. us just as much as a voice. But right now, but right now, yeah. that's not what we need. But, but, but right now, people are still dying. Yeah. And just as a, a final thought, to sort of end my section. Um, it's two years since Grenfell happened, mm. and I know for sure someone, uh, there's a, a little British creative, maybe one of us in this room, who is making that Grenfell documentary. Well, that, that Grenfell film is coming soon, people, oh. Ava DuVernay style, because again, when you are a person of colour, and when you are a certain class as well, compounded with that, your life is valued less. Oh, and the people who died in that fire, I don't believe, have truly been compensated nope. for what happened to them. We are a country who like to boast about our moral superiority, but when it comes down to it, you let 70 plus people die, burn to death, people. burn to death in a poorly clad, um, illegal, illegally clad um, estate. Um, and there are so many more towers around the country oh. that still have that cladding. So, and it's insane that two years on, seventeen people, if not seventeen people, are still not being properly housed. I think ultimately this country has failed those people. Yep. And everyone has to pay for their sins eventually. Theresa May paid for her sin in her way. She's now the prime minister, and she was shamed and ridiculed and mocked. And the next prime minister, Boris Johnson, Jeremy Corbyn, whoever it might be. I just pray that they respect those lives and respect that experience yep. mm -hmm. and do better. 
and that's me on what the fuck is going on. Oh, guys. Thank you so much, Char. Thank you so much, everyone. This has been an amazing episode. Please tune in again next, well, two weeks time from now for our next um, episode of What the Fuck is Going On, guys. We just want to say, everyone, we hope you have a wonderful week and really be safe out there. And I'm wishing you just the best of luck this week and next weekend. Hopefully, we we'll see you back in two weeks. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.